just want to praise the Lord for the huge victories that happened this week. Praise Jesus. Oh, my goodness. And I'd like to ask our four teen camp directors. They are the ones that are God used. Come on up. They are the ones that God has used to create this theme. They were the conduit that God inspired them, gave them this vision for what our study and our focus should be about all at camp. And they've been working since last August, getting ready for this one week. We kind of say it's like a wedding. You work a long time to get all the preparation, and it's a very short period of time to see it come to pass. But I just wanted to give them an opportunity um, to share with you from their perspective just one thing that was impactful to them. You know, they have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of uh, assignments that they do, and they put in over 300 hours of service as volunteers just to get to that week. So I just thought it would be a neat opportunity for them to share what God has taught them through this. Do you want to go first? Sure. This um, is Andrea Lewis. She is a, a senior high director, and um, and Greg Lambert is also senior high. On this side, I have Wendy Bernier, junior high, and Jesus Pino. So now that I've introduced him, I'll let, just let you go ahead. So um, just uh, to give you a quick briefing, um, we had 245 kids that went to camp. We had four camps in one. Um, 22 re- prayed to receive Christ. Wow. So, that is like a huge number in comparison to former years. Yes. Yes. Um, we had eight kids be baptized. Um, and one of the things that impacted me um, for camp this year was the four, um, there were um, husband and wife teams that were um, just dynamic. We had the Shelleks who were doing the kids camp um, together, which was beautiful. We had um, Jesse and Jael that did morning devotions, and just, um, Jesse had said something that has stuck with me um, for, since I heard it, and it was about that everything that God requires from you, he provides for you. So that just um, stayed with me, and then we had, um, in our Ahoy band, we had Brenna and Andrew singing, husband and wife, and then we had Tiff and Luke. So it was just a beautiful example to our young children and adults um, of just what that looks like um, serving the ministry. Awesome. Greg, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, One of the things I thought was pretty interesting was, um, I'm not sure if this is a first, but uh, the camp was actually global this year. Um, We had people from Colorado, um, Tennessee, or Kentucky, um, uh, here in Florida, uh, Melbourne, Palm Bay, the Philippines, Israel, um, Switzerland, and Wales, England. So, amazing? So this was a global event. <laughs> and we're teaching to have a witness to the ends of the earth, and they came to us. And their majority of them are going back home. They'll never be the same again. Thank you for sharing that. Well, do you guys want to go? You want to go, Wendy? You want to go first? Okay. Um. For me, when I was going to camp, I had in my head fishes and loaves. I always feel like I need to do more, need to do more, and I always feel like I'm below, you know, like I'm not giving enough. And I, you know, I heard about fishes and loaves. Um, actually, the chosen, the guy in the chosen was talking about that, and I said, "Wow, God, God is using what I give, fishes and loaves, 
and helping the teens and giving, you know, what I have, and he multiplies it. And I watched it through camp with everyone, all of the counselors giving their fishes and loaves for the glory of God. And the kids just getting so much nourishment, and it was such a blessing. Thank you, Andy. Hi, I'm Jesus Pino. You're just joining in or tuning in. Um, the, during the last song, I, God spoke to me. I'm not going to cry. You guys cried for all this. I mean, God, emotional. This is very emotional. Um, I was told I had to talk like this. Um, God spoke through that song that death has lost its sting. Uh, and the reason that I feel like that he, because I was like, well, God, what do you want me to say? It's the relationships all throughout the beginning of this journey and going to camp and all the uh, husband and wife teams, the Brookers, the Toms were there in spirit with their coffee. Um, <laughs> and we were also joined with the Sprinkles um, in the audience. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you guys come back. But relationships, if I always feel like the guy who has to like serve everybody at the party because I want to honor them for their visits, for their company, for their contributions. And that wasn't necessarily needed too much. We glorify God and God's power. And there were so many things that made this camp happen from ordering the trucks, connecting with Alicia at, uh, at Weber University. And it's those seeds of relationship that we planted many, many years ago, but are still standing because we nurture and love those. And we got asked for God's power because we don't always say the right things. We... So we need God's power to speak in favor and in love. And those relationships really make this camp come um, when in, out of our power, we're, we're out of, you know, our bank is empty, God provides. And if you felt like you didn't join or partner with us or you missed out on going to summer camp, there's still time because guess what? There's another summer camp coming up. And if you feel so led to partner with us monetarily, I'll be at the register after the service and... We'll receive whatever blessing you feel led to um, give of your provisions. Well, I have some good news for you. This dynamic team has worked so well together. They have all agreed to do it again. 2024. How amazing is that? It is, it, it, it's a huge relief to other people in our church. <laughs> because they know how much work it takes to raise over $50,000 so that families will have money in their accounts to come. And we're just so blessed. Um, I want to say thank you for all of you who prayed, people who donated. You know, this last camp, I keep telling you, we're raising this money to give it to families so that families can send their kids. And with the current economy, it was a huge challenge. There were some people who just said, your camp costs too much. We're not coming. And then I would go to them and explain. I know, but Faith Fellowship is a peculiar people. And they have been raising funds for you all year before they even knew you. And to date, we have given close to $20,000, 200 here, 100 here, 50 here to people so that their kids could come and get into a place where their faith could be established in the almighty power and the word of God. 
we want to share with you our video from summer camp. You'll see a little glimpse of morning devotions, afternoon recreation, the teachings, the environment with all the evening games and fun, praise and worship, the preaching. The kids made so many commitments to Christ. So let's watch together. Praise the Lord. 
We're so thankful. Hey, we want to let you guys sit down, and I want to ask up to four that will give a short testimony of God's blessing from this week. So Camden, come on up. Nicole, come on up. Lexi, come on up. And Anthony, come on up. We'll all stand up to here together, and we'll take turns sharing about the power of God and how you experience camp. Lexi Smith, would you like to go first? I would love to. <laughs> um, okay, so my mom actually sent in mail. So fun fact, this was my 16th camp, um, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but I'm going to pull up the picture because I took a picture of what I wrote and I don't remember. So I was playing a word game earlier. All right, so this week really reconfirmed my calling to full-time ministry, which was what I followed and just like stepped up to was last year, I believe. Um, because I was talking to Nate Garrett, I was like, I don't know if I'm a Christian actually. And he was like, yeah, you are, you're going into full-time ministry. I was like, okay. Um, and so I needed to hear that because this year I had really struggled with my faith and I was like, I don't know if I believe that much. And then I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do, I'm going into full-time ministry. Nate Garrett said so. And he's like really smart. <laughs> um, and I was like, I wrote down in this beautiful journal because I take way too many notes. The paper that they give us, which is lovely, does not have enough space for me. And so I was writing down my notes and I wrote down a prayer and I was like, God, you're going to give me my mentors this year. This is the year I'm getting my mentors for my ministry that I'm going to go into. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm going somewhere. But something else that he revealed to me was that we were talking about the seven mountaintops. And I didn't go to this group. I went to the religion group, but one of the other ones was family and my parents are divorced, and that was weird, because I don't know that many people who have divorced parents. I'm like, I go 50-50, and they always ask me a lot of questions about how I deal with that. I'm like, I'm a forgetful person. I leave stuff, so I have to go back. But it's a 10-minute drive, so it's not that bad. Um, but I struggled with my mom a lot, because when I was, I believe, in like fifth or sixth grade, her boyfriend moved in, and he still lives there. And I really struggle with that, because I grew up in this church. I'm like, that's not right. And so I like, prayed about it. That was probably what my first testimony was about. But I'm like, I can't tell anyone that that's my mom's story, but it's also my story because it hurts, like hurts for me. But then this year, even though that's still a problem, I finally was able to talk to my mom again. And it had been probably six or seven years both since I last talked to her in that way. Um, so I finally got to talk to her again and our relationship became stronger. But what that did was put a strain on my dad and stepmom's relationship with me because they had been used to seeing me like 90% of the time. And now they're seeing me like 50-ish percent of the time. And they're like, ah, and that's really hard for me. And I was like realizing my family, like my sisters and I, I don't think I've said I love you to each other in a long time. It's been forever. Like I don't have a relationship with my family that I want. And so what I did in my prayer was I surrendered my future family and ministry to God. I said, God, I want to have a faith so strong that like, if I'm not following you, I don't want to be someone that people remember. I don't want to be like, oh, Lexi Smith did all this stuff. Like, I want it to be yours and I want you to do what you have intended in your will for me. And that's my testimony. Thank you so much, Lexi. God, I believe God is going to give you a new revelation because you're so seeking him and it's what the Bible says, seek and you will find. So be ready. 
Who wants to go next? Nicole, how about our adult that was at summer camp? Go ahead. So this was my third-ish camp because I've snuck over there to help with the dance before too. Um, And last year when I went to camp, I went because my youngest really wanted me to go and be there. So I did. But this year I went to camp so I could just watch God do cool stuff. And he did so much this year. Um, I first saw God move six weeks before camp when he provided the perfect co-leader for my outdoor skills group that I was teaching. I had been praying for about two months because I had come up with this idea and I was like, this is what I'm going to do for for my teach me group. But God, I need somebody to be a helpmate to come alongside me who can do this stuff too, because I didn't want to do it alone because I'm not really good at it. I'm just kind of skilled at it. And God provided in the first counselor meeting, Ken Cornish said, oh, I'll do your group. And I said, do you have outdoor skills? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And he started telling me all about his military training where they like jumped out of an airplane and he had to survive in the wilderness with like a sewing needle and some paracord. <laughs> and I said, okay, you're hired. But God totally provided in that because I had been praying and I knew like this is going to be such a great camp because God is providing in advance and I knew what he was going to do. Um, and so we had such a great week in our group and I mean, teach me groups are, are fun. They're a great way for kids to try something new that they haven't done before. And I loved our group because they signed up and most of them had never done it before. And they just said, well, I like being outdoors. I want to do your group. And so I added a Bible lesson every day that went with what we were doing and, Um, even though I got lost on the orienteering day, we still had a really great time. And it was a highlight for me watching my kids grow in confidence, like with a skill that they didn't have before, and then they would master it. And we had someone in our group who I don't think that they would have had the opportunity to do this stuff if they hadn't been able to go to camp because this was brand new for this person. And I just loved watching his face as, as God built confidence in him. And then my cabin, my cabin was amazing. Some of my girls are here tonight. Um, we began the week, we had two social groups. And I don't know if anyone else has been a counselor knows that's really hard when you have two groups because you're watching this going, well, how do I get them to talk to each other? And by the end of the week, God had knit our cabin together. And these girls were praying out loud they were sharing their hearts and it was just so exciting to hear them saying, well, I want to come to youth group on Sunday. And well, I know this person could give me a ride, even if my family can't bring me. And that just really warmed my heart to see how God did that work in our group. Um, and then there was one other really amazing divine appointment this week that I didn't know I was going to have. I was sitting by the pool lifeguarding which some people are like, I don't want a lifeguard. I just have to sit there. And, but God used that little appointment. This young lady came up and just needed to talk. And she just needed to unpack some stuff that God had been doing in her heart. And we got to sit together and she shared with me. And I gave like, you know, a tiny bit of wisdom. But she mostly just shared and I listened. And later she thanked me. And then the next day I got to hear how she had gone and spoken to someone else and worked through that. And God had helped another counselor help her. And 
it just blew me away. She came back and shared how God did that. And I got to see God work in my kids. And, and then God gave me messages and truth for my own life about drawing nearer to him and becoming more like him the closer I get to him. And there was this little prayer that I wrote down um, from, I don't remember if it was Tiffany or, or Luke, but one of you guys said it. Um, Help my heart to be so in tune with you that my desires are what you want me to do. And so that is my prayer um, for this coming year um, and however I serve preparing for camp next year and however else he calls me, that my desires would be so in tune with his. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Nicole. All right. Anthony Pino, what has camp meant to you? Well, uh, as you know, as you just said, I'm Anthony Pino. Um, I think I, I calculated on my mom, and I think I've been to like 10 camps. I was, it's been a, a while. And, um, and as like Lexi, I was calling the worship ministry last camp. Um, and so as I was going into the new school year, I was on fire for God. I would read the Bible in school when I had a free period or praise and worship in the lobby of my auditorium. And that was a huge blessing because it was just a dedicated time in a secular place. And, um, and I was going strong for the, like for a lot of the year. And I went into, um, into, well, actually I developed this uh, friendship with this girl, um, uh, the beginning of the school year and it carried it into the next semester. Yet I, I figured out that I developed feelings for this girl. The thing, the problem is she's not a believer. And so that was, that's a huge thing to like, like. Uh, try to go through with God and obviously throughout I wanted to glorify him but the battle, there's a spiritual battle in the mind and so sometimes there's wins and sometimes there's losses Um, so we got closer and closer and then we both found out we liked each other not to go into it all but basically a lot of stuff happened not anything bad but (laughs) the feelings got stronger and sometimes that would bring me farther away from God and this person is great, but I need someone who's going to pour into me as much as pour into them. And that's what Tiffany and Luke have provided for me, that godly relationship that I need for my future. And I don't know what, uh, what the God's going to bring out of the situation, but I know that his power rests in it and that he's going to bring me out of it and for his glory. Um, so I made a declaration, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, that I will not date or or marry or engage or live with any girl that doesn't know the Lord. And I'm going to keep that commitment because God, he's the promise keeper to me, so I'm going to be a promise keeper to him. And something, I, I went to this camp with this situation and other stuff like college, and I was expecting God to say something to me because all, after all these camps, I know that God, God's presence is at camp, and God's presence with, is with me at all times. And so... Immediately Sunday, we had a, like a service, and uh, Kristen Barg, who just led up here, was leading the worship there, and she started crying, and then she started saying these like powerful uh, words over the, everyone, and it started making me cry because I immediately thought of my situation, and so throughout the whole week, God was like was speaking to me and speaking to me, and I saw the Holy Spirit move through everyone, move through the worship, move through the speakers, and I was just moved and uh, empowered, and. Like, no matter what struggles or temptations or trials or, or storms or confusion, God is with me and God's power is there. And there's, there's power in his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not optional. 
There's a Holy Trinity for the reason. And he's, the Holy Spirit is uh, God's power in us, made possible by Jesus' sacrifice. And there's truth and power in that. And I'm so blessed to go to this camp, and I am on fire for the Lord, no matter what. Thank you, Anthony. All right. Our friend Camden's here, and he lives in Tennessee. And he just comes down to be with his grandparents and then come to our camp. And he's done it for quite a few years. Tell us what camp means to you. So this is my second year coming to the camp. And for the past year since this camp, it's been rough mentally and physically for myself. Because I don't know how many of y'all know this, but I have a lung disease. And um, I've had it my whole life, and it's been ups and downs. Ups and downs, health-wise, ups and downs, spiritually. And um, a couple months back, uh, we were in church, and I was praying with my pastor after the service. And I had many people putting their hands on me praying. And um, in the middle of the song, in the middle of all the prayer, everything went dead silent. Nothing, I, no matter how loud it was outside, I couldn't hear it. And I heard a voice, almost as if somebody was standing right in front of me saying that you're not going to be here on this earth. In the moment, I didn't really think about it. I didn't think, I guess. Would you repeat, what did you hear? You're not going to be healed on this earth. And um, in the moment, I didn't think about it. But um, a couple of days later, it hit me. It broke me into pieces. And it was almost like you dropped glass on concrete and it just broke couple weeks go by and um we were in pigeon forge in tennessee which is a decently big city and we brought our dogs is this better okay we brought our dogs with us to go watch our cousins play in an aau tournament we stopped to get ice cream after and um it's rush hour our dog gets out of the van he's running around the parking lot and if you've ever seen a dog smile, I don't think you have. His face was glowing. And um, if y'all know, there's the sidewalk, the grass, and then the road. His front paws had made it to the, the grass before the road. And everybody's yelling his name, trying to get him to come back. And all I could think to do in that moment was I dropped on my knees and I put my arms out. And I said, Astro, come here. It's okay. And he looked at me and he ran to me. And I hugged him. And... Um, Obviously, in the moment, all I thought was, my dog is safe. He's not going to die. A couple days later, God told me that he said, in your walk with me, I was the dog and God was me. That no matter how many times I ran from him, no matter how many times I broke his heart, he still gets on his knees, opens his arms up, and says, come home. And um, it's... God revealed to me through the thing that I heard that that was the lie. I heard what seemed like was a voice from God. It wasn't. Um, when I came to this camp, it was, some people remembered me, and I love this camp. I love everything about it. And um, I got touched by God. Um, in a way I don't think I ever have. Um, he showed me his love, not just for me, but for everybody. He showed me 
the mercy that he has for each one of us every day. He shows me the grace that he has. He also showed me that um, he is good. Um, through that whole situation with my dog, God also showed me that I didn't realize how close I was to death. I didn't realize how close I was to hurting myself or hurting somebody I really cared about. And he just showed me, he said, it just showed that he loves me and he loves y'all. And um, that was my, it's time to come home. And I came home. Thank you, Cameron. Well, thank you all so much for sharing tonight. We are so happy that you got to share. You, I'm sure you want to talk to them after the service. They've got so much to share, but we have time now for a message. So Amen. I'm what excited. a blessing. Well, we are super blessed um, at this camp uh, for the first time in 30 camps uh, to have a husband and wife team. And uh, we uh, love these people very, very much. Um, I could tell you but how you need to know we didn't select them. We did not select it's them. the camp director's, camp director's job thing. to select the speaker and the praise team. And we go, I, I remember saying at one point, this is going to be very difficult. They're both very involved in their ministries. And if they will come and give a week of their vacation time to come and be with us, it will be a huge deal. So our preacher is uh, someone that I've known a long time. Um, she was probably 20 minutes old when I looked her in the eyes and she just looked back at me and she's been looking back at me ever since. Um, we text back and forth like some people do and she'll uh, write me and say, I love you and I'll write back more. And then she'll write back, nope. And then I'll say, um, yes. And then she'll write, uh, no, can't be or something like that. And finally, I, I'll just write first, and she'll say, got me, uh, because I at least claimed that I loved her first. So um, it's a real privilege uh, that we live in the age in which God pours out his spirit upon all flesh, upon our sons and our daughters, uh, that the old men will see uh, visions and the young men will dream dreams, and we live in a time when God is using all different people and uh, we've been super blessed this past week to hear from uh, Luke uh, teaching and from Tiffany. And Tiffany's going to come and bring us uh, our word tonight and bring us together in these thoughts. You going to preach with me? Nope, I'm just going to hug you. Okay. I don't want to miss that. It's good to be with you all. Thank you for the introduction. It's a joy to be here for camp. Camp is very, very special to me. And I said this to our teenagers on the first night, but I just want to say it again. What happens here in this house is really not a normal thing across the nation. It's a very special anointed thing to see decades of consistent, like hands to the plow work and, and, and an investment that goes all the way across from the leadership team to so many volunteers, uh, families uh, sacrificing and pouring in, but especially to our pastors. There's, there's nothing like it that I've seen where, and, and I will say just the fact that 
this house has been so blessed to have the same youth pastor for 28 years is a God miracle. It's a miracle from the Lord. And I say that having been in several different ministries and churches around the nation, um, I was the the youth pastor. I'm in kids and youth ministry at the church in Colorado that I'm at. And when we stepped into youth ministry, my husband and I were there our first like Wednesday night youth service and we were meeting students. And one student, I said, what's your name? And he walks up and he says, you don't need to know. And I said, what's your name? (laughs) Which is like, you know, a little bit of like the youth ministry drill. You're like, okay, just try again. And uh, he said, you don't need to know. You won't, you won't be here long enough to remember my name. And at that time we were number six uh, in, in line of six youth pastors that had been in that space in the past three years that they had experienced. And as much as I would love to say um, that that's abnormal, it's closer to normal nationally, um, where we see a lot of change, a lot of transition. Sometimes it's done well, sometimes it's not done well. And the inconsistency in a youth ministry space is so jarring for children, for young people. When, When everything else in their world is changing, their classes are changing, they have new teachers, they have new situations at home, but they can keep coming. There are decades worth of generations that can come back and find Pastor Ann in this house. That's a picture of generational power. God is a God who works generation after generation after generation. And he, and we see that. I love that you were teaching, um, by the way, on that adorable little chair that she's been sitting on for a very long time. It's like a yoga pose or something that she does here as she's teaching to students. But to, to, to teach about this is so cool. And I don't know how you feel about this when I see this amazing God box, as Pastor Ann calls it. But I get just like a fear and trembling when I start to imagine what this actually was like in history because there was a time where God's people did not know how to worship him. They had no clue what to do. And yes, God had provided signs and wonders and there were plagues and he had split the sea open and he had brought them out of 400 years of slavery, but they did not have a clue how to worship a God they couldn't see. So God was like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to show you what kind of a God I really am. I'm not like any of the other idols you've ever dealt with. Even though this could be confused, if you did not know the difference between this box and any other idol that they had been dealing with, you, you could miss it. But God actually ordered them to make this. They didn't come up with this idea. And, and it's fascinating because it's so beautiful. And I'm a, I'm a person who really likes to touch things, by the way. Ooh, it's very hard for me not to touch this box. But I've read the, the stories enough times to know that even a prop, I don't want to touch. Because there's, I just, just for the sake of you never know, right? Like Pastor Ann could have prayed over that thing and I just might get a little bit of a, a spark or whatever. But, but truly, this box, this beautiful box was designed to train God's people to have a reverence for his presence, that, that, that we have to be in awe and wonder of encountering God. That we don't take it a, a, as a light situation. This is not a normal thing. It, we must take it with so much holy reverence. And it also taught 
and there were, there's so many things we could, you could spend a whole summer just marching around this little box and learning what the Lord has. You really could. It, it, and you know, if I know you already got your next series plan, but you know, maybe next summer or something, pull this thing back out. It's so awesome. But something that God did, I'm not trying to plan for you, but, um, but surely they had, they had this scenario where all 12 tribes would actually like be a part of moving this with them. And this box, the carrier of the presence of God, went with them into battle. Which means that God was saying, I want to encounter you. I want you to remember the miracles and the things that I have done. I want you to keep that fresh on your face. However, I also want you to take my presence into your kingdom assignment. That when you go into battle without his presence, it's a lose. When you go into any endeavor, any adventure, any workplace, if you start a marriage, I loved the testimonies today. Come on. These teenagers were going, they're like, I am going to have a godly marriage. I am going to stand on the mountain of family. They're, they're recognizing and hearing from the voice of God and they're making decisions that recognize I don't go there if the presence of God won't go there. So if God is not leading me into this space, I'm not going to go there. Because there's no power in that. Because his power. Now, now the cool thing about this is that obviously this was the beginning of a very beautiful narrative God was drawing for us. This was just the beginning. This was not the end. This was the beginning. Because he always knew. He always knew he'd be taking us. He'd be taking us to the cross. And by us, I mean that collectively he knew all humanity had to have an encounter with the cross because it is only through the power of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ that we could ever experience his power or see redemption or cleansing. You, you heard in these testimonies how some of them said, I got a calling and, and I knew I was called to do this thing. And then my year got really hard. That should be like basic 101. <laughs> You hear a word from God and the devil's going to start smacking up a little bit because he's going to try to intimidate you. The thing is, we know, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, he was doing the one thing no one else could do ever. So that we could do everything he's empowered us to do. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15, it says that he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for what? Themselves. That there's this flip upside down in your life when you give your life to Jesus. And our teenagers are getting their world turned upside down in the best way, guys. This week was so powerful. Seeing, okay, I'm not living by man's wisdom. I'm now living by God's power. I'm not living by those perspectives. I'm living by God's power. I'm letting God's truth and his word actually be the thing that, 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 that moves me and motivates me. It's flipping them upside down in the best kingdom way. And it says, instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Go to verse 16. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others by human points of view. And this is so important because the world is always going to operate in an evaluation system of whatever standard feels good for right now. But we know that it's not about everybody else's vote or opinion. It's that I'm going to walk with the presence of God all of my days. That God wants to encounter me. 
I want to be in a daily encounter. In Acts 1-8, we get this amazing image because it goes from the presence of God in this beautiful space. And then we get to see the presence of God emanated in the most, most powerful way that the world has ever seen. In a moment when a man looked like he was the most powerless, we now see the greatest, greatest, greatest demonstration of his power. And now... It doesn't even just stay there. It's sent from the cross to all who believe. So Acts 1-8, Jesus says, Jesus, the one who was literally just 50 days before that very moment, on that cross, he says to them all, he says to them all, well, maybe more than 50 days. I'll have to do the math later. But anyways, in Acts 1-8, Jesus says, here's the, here's the deal. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He is saying, when you are on kingdom mission, there's going to be a, a presence of God's power attached to your kingdom assignment. It's right there. There's a kingdom assignment for all of us. Be witnesses. Tell people about Jesus. Being a witness. Now, what's cool is we literally are seeing this operate in front of us right now. We just heard witnesses from young people who experienced and encountered the Lord. That's what it means to be a witness. You saw it. You encountered it. And so these students are like, I was there. I heard from God. I was there. I heard from God. And so... It is, our, it is for the sake of our kingdom assignment, the most important thing we can do is to consistently be in the face of the Lord, like be seeking his face, be, be saying, God, I want to encounter you today. I want my day to be filled with your presence. I won't go anywhere unless you're going with me, God. I'm recognizing that wherever I go, I'm actually a carrier of your presence. And so as you have these fresh encounters with the Lord and you can now become a, a witness of those things, you just start naturally telling people about Jesus because it's not that hard to tell someone about something great that happened in your day. I mean, I know that it may be easy to talk about the weather, but no one cares. There's an app for that. I know it's easy to talk about how expensive the gas prices are, but no one wants to talk about that. It's, it's easy to talk about how inflation has impacted this or that, and there's bad news there or that or whatever. But if I'm actually taking the presence of God and the greatest news is within me at all times, and I'm having a fresh encounter with the Lord, then it's not that hard. It becomes very normal. And the normal of our life is so different when we operate with the power of God alive in us. So, so my question for you today is, what is the kingdom assignment that the Lord is just awakening in your heart? You've seen one kingdom assignment in action. And I will say, if God's power is attached to kingdom assignment, I have seen God's power attached to Faith Fellowship Youth Camp for 28 years and going. And it's been so powerful. If you want to know why it is, it is always like a new, amazing, powerful year every year, year after year. It's not just because Pastor Ann has the energy, which by the way, she does. But nevertheless, like Pastor Ann is attached to her kingdom assignment. And as long as that woman is attached to her kingdom assignment, you're going to see a move of the Lord. As long as you see Pastor Jeff attached to his kingdom assignment, taking steps, taking strides, you know what he's anointed to do. 
As you see, anytime Pastor, Pastor Jeff opens the Bible, opens the Bible up, he can't help but get a fresh word. It is phenomenal how gifted he is. And so we see power attached to that. But it's not enough to just say, well, I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to be flocking or watching or, 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 or maybe just like, I'm not just here to be a spectator of someone else's power and someone else's kingdom assignment. No, it may be that your kingdom assignment is directly to like lift up and add power into those things. And that's what God is saying right now. I loved that Jesus said, if you want to start partnering and giving right now, why not put an automatic give every month into youth camp if it's something you care about? Why not? You know, bring the power. Expect the Lord is going to do something. He's always going to bring his power attached to those assignments. But all that being said, all that being said, God, God kind of reminded me just as I was sitting here about two or three years ago, I was sitting in a funeral and I, I was very like grieving and feeling it for this whole scenario. Um, it was in Colorado and I felt the Lord say very clearly, every time, Tiffany, every time someone dies, you need to be inspired to live. Every time. And and I've, I feel that a little bit on the end and close of what this beautiful celebration is. This is now officially, like we're, we're hitting the end of the 2023 youth camp. We will never get it back. We can, we can pray for the next. We can be present in tomorrow. We will never get this one back. And it makes me wonder, what is it about this camp that we can remember and be inspired for to live in a new way. It's not enough to simply say, I'm glad that went well. That was great, wasn't it? Good job. No, no, no. It, 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 is, it, is, it is the moment that we say, God, I recognize that your power was here and attached to this. And so because, God, I recognize that you're doing a great and mighty thing among young people, I want to ask you, Lord, I want to ask you right now, can we just actually close our eyes and pray over this right now? I just feel like the Lord's about to say something to you. Let's just ask him, Lord, we know your power is poured out. Your power is poured out through the Holy Spirit and it is attaching. It is soaking and covering and fueling, motivating, bringing light to kingdom assignments right now. And they don't have to be big and glamorous and they don't have to be a platform, but I do believe there's heavenly kingdom assignments that you friends are the only people who can accomplish them. You are the only dad to your family. You are the only wife to your husband. You are the only one who will be neighbors to the people on your street. There is a kingdom assignment that the Lord is awakening and giving you power for right now. Lord, I thank you that as you speak, your people are ready to listen. And we eagerly say to you, God, we will not go into battle without your presence. We are moving forward very aware that it's all in the presence and favor and grace of Jesus Christ that we get to do anything in him we move and live and breathe and find our being so I thank you God thank you God 
that right now you're speaking. Our ears are tuned to your whisper. And I pray, God, that this year youth camp would not only be for the youth, kids camp would not only be for the kids, but the testimony would awaken the power of God in all of your church. In Jesus' name, amen.